Hey, hey, a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds with the right plan and mindset anything is possible. I'm Jennifer Dawn, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Happy Productive Podcast. I'm super excited to be with you today with my amazing guest, Linda. And it's funny, I just met Linda actually like a week or two ago, and she had such an amazing message to share that I was like, all right, we have to have you on the show. So Linda, I'm going to ask you to actually just give us 60 seconds, introduce yourself, tell us about you, who you are, maybe two minutes, a little bit longer than that. Tell us a little bit about you and how you came about to be doing what you're doing now. Oh, two minutes. Okay. I am Linda Drasowicz. I am a business and life coach, and I work with entrepreneurs, business owners, creatives. I've been coaching for about three years, and it really is my favorite thing to do. I love to coach, and I also really love to be an entrepreneur. Because I've realized you just get to create the life you want. You know, I get to be on this podcast with you and then go upstairs, let my dog out, chat with my daughter, and then come back down and speak with a client. And I get to work with those natural rhythms of my day. To me, it's just brilliant. And I love to serve people. I love to talk about business, creativity, productivity. I know that's a big one for you as well. How can you be productive, you know, and enjoy your life? Both of those are areas that I'm really passionate to talk about. So I was so delighted to meet you last week and you and I just hit it off and we had such a symbiotic understanding of working with entrepreneurs that I think this, uh, it was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have a question I'm going to ask you about what we talked about before. But first, one of the things that you mentioned was working with creatives, right? And so I would love to ask you, since this is Happy Productive, and I'm sure we have an audience of creatives. And one of the things I've seen in my coaching is that sometimes creatives really struggle with the business side of things because they're in that creative mode and they're creating, creating. I have a client right now, in fact, that she has an online store and she's just created all this product, all this merchandise, but she hasn't sold anything. And it's like, well, because there hasn't been any thought in, you know, going into that side of the business. And luckily we're working together. So she's got a team now behind her to help her come up and, and work on that business side of things. But what advice would you have if you're a creative person and you're creating all day, but you're really struggling with that business side? What's What, what would be some advice that you would share with them? I have so much advice. I don't know where to begin. Okay. <laughs> Stop telling yourself that sales is icky. I don't know how many people Ooh. have told me that and, you know, it creatives, but also entrepreneurs, that that phrase, it's icky. And I right. think that that idea that sales is 
you're trying to get, this is the thought error. I'm trying to get people to do something that they don't want to do. That's if you're a service-based business. I'm trying to get them to spend money they don't have on something they don't need, right? And that's, of course, if you're thinking that, you're going to feel that kind of clammy, ooh, I'm like just salesy and creepy. That thought error is not helping anyone. So really start to look at what do you think about sales? What do you think about the service or product that you are offering? And how can you start to think of it in a way that you are giving people something they need, something they want, and that it's actually in their best interest for you to make an offer, to make it easy for people to find your service, to find your product. That's one of the biggest ones. The other thing for creatives is, and I mean, I see all entrepreneurs as creatives. Like if you have decided to create a business, you are creating something from nothing. This idea is in your head and you're getting out there. It is to me, one of the most creative things you can ever do is to be a business owner. And along with that creativity, we are also people who are gifted with so many ideas, right? We get idea after Mm -hmm. idea, right? That's the creative mind. It's like you, you decide on a service and you like love this service that you're going to offer. And then, you, you know, the next day you're like, Ooh, but I could also add on this beautiful offer. And what if I created a merchandise line? And what if I also, you know, I'll create a group and and then I'm going to write a book at the same time. Like there's just so many ways that our brains go and having that ability and a spare notebook for all of your good ideas. I'm always a big fan of have a notebook, yes, jot it down and do the hard work of refocusing back on one offer. And that's right. That's, that's right. what I really, it's interesting that we're having this conversation because I had, uh, I, I met with a number of people last week who, who were really struggling with this. So many different offers on the go. And I'm like, what is your main offer? And we would right. narrow it down to the one main offer and get good at selling that main offer. Get it so that it is a simple process, you know how to sell it, you are confident that you will be able to continue selling it, and then add in another service. But get good at that. And that's, as you know, you know, most of us go around, we're trying to avoid feeling bad, we're trying to avoid negative feelings, we're trying to avoid feeling rejected. It's very vulnerable to put out one offer. Because you've then got either people are going to say yes to your offer or they're going to say no, thank you. And that's vulnerable because we're like the no thank yous, the rejection is what we're all trying to avoid. So we we often create these diversions if, you know, instead of just offering this one thing, I'll offer 20. It's kind of like this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then, and you don't know how to sell any of them, right? You don't know how to sell any of them. So it's like, now you have 20 things you can't sell. Yes, I totally get it. I can't sell. 
And I then get to spin in confusion and doubt, which is also a way of avoiding the rejection. If I just stay in this space of, I don't really know which one I'm getting behind. I've got to do more research. I've got to, you know, it's also a way of protecting ourselves. Yes. So there's something very exposing about having one offer. Yeah. And then getting used to selling it. You know, really you are selling your your product or your service. And that is an uncomfortable space for a lot of creatives. I agree completely, Linda. You are talking, you're talking my language. I want to just take a quick little step back. So the first thing that you mentioned about the sales, you are so point on that. So often we think of sales in a negative way because we've been sold to in a negative way. And so, you know, all of us have probably had, you know, a bad car buying experience or we bought a product and it didn't do what they promised it would do or whatever. So we've had these negative experiences with salespeople. We don't want to be like that. So we, we start thinking, oh, well, I don't want to be like that. So I'm not going to do that. And then we don't embrace that sales process. We don't put ourselves out there. And it's so important to get past that. You know, I always look at sales as helping. I naturally want to help everybody. It's just part of like who I am. And so when I think of sales, I've had to kind of mirror helping to that. And so when I say sales, what I mean in my head and my heart is I'm helping people. And the way I help them is by saying, hey, um, I hear that you're struggling and I have something that might be able to help. It's it's up to you whether or not you want to take the next step, but at least I've let them know I have something, right? A product, a service, whatever, that might be able to help. And so I just love that you you hit on that first, especially with creatives. I think um, sometimes because you're in that creative space, it can be emotional because some of those emotions will drive our creativity. And so we're even more afraid of rejection or putting ourselves out there. But by pushing past it and overcoming it, that's really how you're going to be a successful business owner is by getting your sales. I'm also going to say your marketing like lined up so that way you, you can stay in business and generate revenue and keep creating in that zone of yours that is so brilliant and so beautiful. Right. You know, I like to think of it too as a, a creative, a solopreneur, somebody who works by themselves and has their own brand. There is also we have that that mistaken notion that people are either saying yes to us mm-hmm. or no to us. And I like to tell my clients what they're saying yes or no to is not you. They're saying yes or no to whether they believe they can get the results that you're promising them, whether they believe that they're capable themselves of following through. This is, you know, for service-based coaching, that's what they're either saying yes or no to. And yet we do take it very personally when people Mm -hmm. reject us, which, you know, again, it's not a bad thing. If you're an entrepreneur you are going to get rejected. You are going to hear no. And you are going to have to learn how How am I going to process those feelings? You know, of disappointment, yeah. of, you know, shame, embarrassment, feeling foolish for offering something in the first place. 
where does those feelings present in your body? Are they, you know, tightness in the chest, you know, or restriction in the throat, hot, clammy? Where do they show up in your body? And how can you breathe through it, walk through it, write through it? You know, what's your self-compassion practice that happens after you experience a challenging emotion? And that's where I talk to my clients about having the willingness and ability to feel all those human emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, the body, Mm -hmm. we're human beings. We're not designed to feel good all the time, right? We are designed to feel the full range of human emotion. And that includes all of the sucky... All of it. (laughs) Things that come (laughs) (laughs) And when you are experiencing that, don't prolong the experience by telling yourself something's gone wrong. You know, I feel shame. Something's gone wrong. And this is what I used to do all the time earlier in my career when I was working as a writer. I would get a rejection and I would go into, well, I'm a terrible writer I'm obviously on the wrong path. That was always what my brain would say. Well, you're obviously on the wrong path. So give up and do something else because you're experiencing these negative emotions. And, you know, so clearly you're, you're doing something wrong. You got to do something else rather than what I learned over time, have the ability to go, Oh, this is, you know, this is, shame. This is disappointment. Part of the process, you know, it doesn't good. It's going to pass. Keep going. Keep taking massive action towards your goal. And, uh, you know, nothing's gone wrong. Exactly. You know, sometimes it's so easy for us to think we're on the wrong path because it doesn't work out the way that we've decided this path needs to work out. And so often there are things we need to learn on that, that, that journey. We need to grow. We need to have information we don't have right now. And the only way we get it is by trying, is by putting stuff out there and actually trying. And people who have learned to make failure their friend, I, I would like to say I'm one of them, they get this now because they've done it enough that they've built up the confidence to know that I'm headed in this direction. And even if it doesn't go the way I want it to go, I know I'm going to learn what I need to get me to that next step. And and then when they've had the success, now we've got the track record to know, okay, it's it's going to be a bumpy road, but it's okay. I'm on the right path. But when you're kind of new at this and you're, you haven't seen a lot of success in business yet, you may not have built up that confidence to know that failure is part of it and to kind of embrace it and make it your friend. And I say that because if you're listening and you're just like, oh, I don't like failing and you're not, what is the word I want to use? Like mental toughness, right? If you haven't developed the mental toughness because you've been through it and taken the steps and seen how hard it was, but then you overcame and you had the win and you're like, oh, okay. And then you do that again. And then you do that again. And that's where I think the most successful entrepreneurs have just done that process so many times that they just learn, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to course correct. But no matter what, I'm always taking action. And you said something really important with the sales piece that like, you know, to be aware of the feelings that you're feeling. But then what you said was, you know, 
breathe through them, recognize that, hey, I'm feeling shame right now, but it's okay, and then keep going, right? Don't get stuck in that place and then never do anything else. It's always about, well, you know, do something about it, take some action, do something to keep you moving in a forward direction and not just sort of stuck and spinning your wheels in this place of, I don't feel good and I don't like to feel good and maybe I should give up and I don't want to do this and all of that rah, rah, rah. Because if you want to be a business owner, you're going to have to be a little bit tough. I'm just going to tell you right now, creative or not, you're going to have to be a little tough. You're going to have to develop some mental toughness. You're going to have to dig in and you're going to have to push past all this stuff or you frankly just won't be successful because the road to a successful business is not an easy one. I have yet to meet an entrepreneur who said, oh, it's a piece of cake. I started the business, was profitable on day two, and now I have the perfect lifestyle. Work-life balance is no problem. You know, you see these guys out there and they'll have like the coaches and they'll have like 12 Ferraris parked in their, their, their driveway and they're, you know, on some desert island, whatever, living the lifestyle. And I'm like, okay, but there was a time where you had to work your butt off to get that if, it, if it's real. If it's real, you had to work your butt off to get that. And so depending on where you are in business, if you haven't gone through that, I worked my butt off to get it. And, and I, I pushed past those emotions and I learned how to embrace sales and I was willing to change my mindset. Like if you haven't gotten through that stuff, you're never going to get to that, you know, that, that other side that we all say, oh, you know, it'll all be so much better when I get there. But Usually not true, but anyway, that's probably another podcast episode. <laughs> I do not have a Ferrari in my driveway yet. I, I know, I know. <laughs> very reliable, but I do not have a Ferrari. Um, no, absolutely. And, you know, the resilience comes from practice. It does come from, as you say, embracing the failure as information. It's really just information. You try something, you know, you get an idea, you try it, you then just simply have to evaluate. Did this work? Did it not work? What can I do differently? And just keep going, yeah. you know, and really that yeah. process does help to take some of the, the sting out of that rejection or that failure. What's working? What's not working? What can I try differently next time is really the, you know, the, the formula that you can get into that helps you push forward as you are, as you are learning and growing, being an entrepreneur, which is, I was listening to a fantastic podcast yesterday by Carl Lowenthal, and she was saying, entrepreneurship is inherently risky. We've kind of forgotten mm -hmm. that. You know, I think we see so much on social media about successful people living the life that you're describing, right? This beautiful, rich, glamorous life. And we've forgotten that as soon as we become business owners in our minds, we think I should be stable, calm. I should know exactly what I'm doing. And that's the idea that we have of being a business owner. And when the reality hits where it's nothing like that, it's up, it's down, right. we're trying to figure things out, it's, you know, it's failures, it's successes, it can be very jarring to the concept that we had. So I, I like to think of that right now, entrepreneurship, creative entrepreneurship, being a business owner, there are, 
it is by its very nature a risk and it can be exciting Absolutely. and off. And as we were talking about, you get to design your life the way you want it so that you can let the dog yeah. out and you can do it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you make such a great point because like the risk of it, like I made, I had to make peace with the risk of it some time ago because in my first company was a software company. I started, it was 23. I didn't know anything. And, but I did, I grew it to seven figures and then I was tired of software. So I wanted to get out of that. And so I bought a log home company of all things. And in that year that I owned the log home company, the real estate market had completely crashed and I had to actually close my doors within a year. And I kind of became a little disillusioned with that being an entrepreneur. And so that's why I went into corporate and yeah, corporate had benefits and stability and security, but there were other things that I had to pay. I had to pay with my soul, frankly. And the environment that I was in was such a, a very toxic, toxic environment, backstabbing, gossiping, you know, the, the, the owner of the company would, would fuel all of this. People were condemned and fired for no reason. I mean, it was just a horrible, horrible environment. And so it was at that time when I left corporate and went back out on my own that I really had to come to peace with the risk, the risk factor of being an entrepreneur. And now, just like with sales, I've learned to really embrace that. And I find that even in my own business now, I use that to thrive. I use it to push myself forward because that risk comes with a little fear and that fear keeps me motivated and, and the whole thing, I've made friends with the whole thing. And I, I kind of like it. I'm just at a point where I don't really want to never have anything at risk. I, I, I want to always be kind of pushing that leading edge in my business, which is why I start a marketing agency for our clients. And some days I'm like, what in the holy hell was I thinking of doing this? But, but again, it's part of that risk of being an entrepreneur and having that idea and just being willing to do the work to get it off the ground and get it to the next level. But ultimately what's driving it is solving a problem for my clients. I love my clients more than anything and I want to do everything I can to help, right? Be in service of them. And so we started the marketing agency and what's happened is that now the sales, we've started this conversation on sales. I'm going to bring a circle, full circle here, Linda. So the sales now, you know, when we're coaching clients on their businesses and they need help with marketing, our sales are literally, do you need help with that? Like that's our quote pitch. Do you need help? And if the answer is yes, then the, the upsell into marketing is just a natural evolution of the trust and the relationship we've already built. So in a situation like that, the sales actually become easy but we had to still create the trust, create the relationship. And so sales do get a lot easier when you embrace them and you don't fight against them. And this is why, so we have our Unbreakable Retreat coming up in September, the one for women. And we have shifted the whole focus of this retreat to focus on sales and sales alone. And we have our business, our sales and business development manager, Leah, coming in to help us teach this retreat, but it's all about the mindset of sales, building a pipeline, prospecting, like all those things that keep us stuck and not getting to that next level in our business because we haven't really fully embraced sales, the sales process, and then learning how to do it really well and in an authentic way. So that is really what drove us for this our next retreat to just really make that the focus. There's two spots left, you guys, by the way. Women, <laughs> the women's retreat. We'll run the sales for the men. Um, we have a men's retreat at the end of September, the women's retreat at the beginning, but we're running it for, for this next round for just the women. We'll do it again for men, but it's because it's such an important topic that business owners really need to 
to embrace is that whole sales process. I 100% agree. And I will be fascinated to hear the difference between the two retreats. Because I think for women and sales, I was actually just talking about this with a client this morning. You know, women are socialized with so much self-doubt. We doubt our appearance. Mm -hmm. We doubt our our uh, abilities. We doubt our brains. We doubt our bodies. We generally grow up with a quite a high level of doubt in. And so to tell somebody, okay, you've got all this self-doubt. Now go out and sell that. Like go out and sell yourself. Yes. It's there's such it's yeah. just <laughs> the the gap is so <laughs> vast, right? Most women yeah. that I know are walking around with the constant refrain, I'm not good enough. What I offer isn't good enough. And and to go from that loop to, you know, being confident in selling your offer, there is work to be done. And yeah, I mean, there is the pragmatic, how's your funnel? Okay, how do people find you? Sure. You know, wh where's your website? You know, all those kind of those steps are important. But the as you say, the mindset of sales yeah. is critical. It is so important to really look at what is going on. What thought are you thinking? You know, when you say, as you say in your sales process, would you like help with that? You know, it's such a brilliant, yeah. easy sales thing. But for some people, the their thought process is no one's going to want this. They're going to think I'm pushy. Right. I haven't sold one before. What if it doesn't work? What if, you know, all those things, yeah. unless you start uncovering those thoughts, it's very hard to access that confidence to just say, I can help you with that. Yeah, absolutely. Agree completely. Okay, so before we run out of time, I have to ask you. So when you and I met, you yeah. had an exercise that you would take people through. And I think that's actually a great lead into, you know, sometimes we have to fake it before we make it or, you know, try to have that summon up that confidence even before we've sort of earned that confidence. So would you mind sharing the exercise that you shared with me, which I thought was so insightful? You guys who are listening, listen up because this one's pretty cool. Okay. You know what? Let's just do it. I'm going to just kind of, I'm going to walk people through okay. this. So this is a future self-visualization. And the reason I do this with my clients is we can't make decisions for our lives and our businesses from our past. If we keep making decisions from our past, we're going to keep creating the same results. So if you want different results in your business or in your life, you need to shift your focus towards the future. What do you want in the future and work back mm -hmm. from that? So what I do with my clients is it won't take long. I'm going to just walk us through this, but I get them to think of three decisions they're grappling with, right? Three things that are keeping them up at night. And it's usually... I don't know how to market this. I don't even know what my niche is, you know, or things very simple, like, I don't know how to charge for this. Like, what what's the price tag, right? You know, like things like that, tossing, turning, can't figure out which way to go. So 
Well, I get them to do this visualization. And then when they come back from visualization, ask themselves those same questions, those same decisions they're grappling with and see what comes, what different ideas spark. So I'm going to do this quickly. I just want you all to imagine yourself three years from now. Okay. Three years from now, we're in the future. Mm -hmm. You're in your workspace. What does that workspace feel like? I want you to get really specific. Imagine what's the decor, what's on the walls, you know, what colors are there? Is there light? Is there windows? Is there bookshelves? Is there a desk? What's, you know, what is surrounding you? What are you working alone? Are there people? You write this down, Linda. I'm doing it with you. So everybody (laughs) grab, if you're driving, you can't do it. But if you're not driving, grab grab a pen and paper. This is really good stuff. And as I'm listening to Linda, I'm like, okay, three years. What would my, my office space look like? I'm like, well, I probably should hang those curtains. I haven't hung for a while. And (laughs) all right, Linda, keep going. This is great. I had to grab pen and paper because I got to write some stuff down. (laughs) Okay. You're in your space. You know, are you alone? Are there people with you. I want you to really take in the the space around you. Are there signs of achievements? You know, look, is there a book that you've written on the bookshelf? Is there an award you've gotten? You know, what's on the desk? Is there a a calendar filled with uh, speaking engagements or clients or upcoming holidays? Really Immerse yourself in this workspace that you've designed for you. Even go into what are you wearing? What's your future self? You know, what kind of jewelry do you have on? How's your hair? (laughs) How do you feel in your body? You know, what kind of clothes are you using to express yourself? What are you thinking about? You know, what kind of thoughts are in your head and how do you feel this is the most important part do you feel energized do you feel in flow or abundant or proud what what feeling sensations are going on in your in your body what have you created for yourself And I want you to take a good look around that space. And when you come back to the present moment, I want you to bring three things back. And they can be any three items. They can be a color. They can be a feeling. They can be a book, a thought, a piece of jewelry, an object, an award a number, an image, bring three things back to your present moment and use those objects as talismans, as items to represent your future that you are creating. And then ask yourself from that future self, What would be the answers to the decisions that you're grappling with? 
and see what comes up. That is such a powerful exercise. I hope if you guys are listening that you actually are doing this because for me, when I project into the future self, by the way, is fabulous. Let's just say, you know, all those things that you're worried about today are all fixed or resolved or whatever. So she's super fabulous. When you then ask her or him, like the question, like the problem that we're having, like, well, what would my higher self, my best self, my future self, what would they do about this? It's almost like the answer is just like, boom, well, this is what they would do. And I think this is so right. And this is so critical because we stay stuck in our old habits, our old patterns, our old comfort zone. So sometimes we even, if we don't realize it, we're making the same decision over and over. I see this a lot of times in work I do with clients on their profitability and their cash flow. And we work and we get them out of debt and we get their revenues increased. And then they're literally not comfortable being in that new space where they're not worried about money all the time. And then they'll make a bunch of decisions to put them back in the space. So they're always worried about money all the time because that actually becomes the comfort zone. And so when you start making those decisions from your future self, it really kind of just helps to break that pattern and make a different choice, the choice that, you know, will lead us to that future versus staying stuck in our, in our past and some of those, you know, not so great decisions, <laughs> decision-making. I love it. So powerful. 100%. So what did you bring back from the future? So I brought back, great question. So I brought back the feeling of being relaxed mm-hmm. and patient. And I say that because that's something I really struggle with as a business owner. Like I want everything done yesterday and I will work myself in the ground trying to get it all done yesterday. And I know this about myself and I really have to work on catching myself of just relaxing and being patient and and steadying out, you know, I do a lot of work with steadying out cash flow. Um, I have to work personally on steadying out my workflow because it's just so easy and natural thing for me to just work, work, work. And I, and then I work myself too hard and then I'm tired. And I just like, you know, that a little bit of that back and forth. And so I brought that relaxed, I'm patient. That's a big thing for me. And then I brought my new best-selling book. So I actually just signed up for a, a book cl- a book writing group. And so we're writing it right now. It's just been an idea and it's been kind of sitting out there sort of shelved for a while, but I'm in that process right now. And so three years in the future, I brought that new best-selling book back with me as just like a talisman. I, I didn't have a third one yet. Those were the only two. Those were the two that came through, but I'll think about my third one. That's brilliant. <laughs> and and the brilliance about that exercise is twofold. One, the, the feeling of relaxation, you can start working now today. How can I make room for 15 minutes of relaxation during my workday? You know, adding that in. Yes. The work the working title of my book, I just connected the dot. My working title, it's not maybe the official title, is The Relaxation Habit. That is that's what I'm going to be writing in my next book and it's for entrepreneurs, right? Who have so much stress in their businesses and I was like, "Oh my god, I just brought back Relaxed and Patient and the new best-selling book the working title is The Relaxation Habit. Talk about a thread going on there. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's all... See you guys, your future, your future self has all the answers. It truly does. If we can get out of our own way and step into that higher self and then start... Um, I do a visioning exercise as well where 
when people are like, um, I don't know what the next step is, we go into the future, we've already accomplished it, we look back and we tap the intuition because we have those answers internally. It's more of just creating a process around tapping into that information, but it really requires us to sort of get out of our own way, get out of our, our own head for a few minutes to be able to tap that wisdom. That's And that's what I believe as a coach. I'm not telling people what to do. I'm helping them to find the answers for themselves that are already there. They just, as you say, just need to tap into them and open to them. Yeah. Just like you did. Oh, this has been, yeah, this was really fun. And then the last thing to do that I do with my clients is from those talismans, from what you're bringing back, you create three action steps. So for you, for writing your Mm -hmm. book, you know, what's the next step that you've got to do? Do you need to plan the first chapter? Do you, you know, need to set aside time for writing, you know, every morning, you know, like making it into very concrete action steps so that you take the imagination, but ground it into practical, easy habits to create, to move you forward towards your goals. Oh, I love that. So good. So good. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to take what I brought and I'm going to be like, all right, what are the next three actions? And for guys who are listening, if you've been on my podcast for any length of time, you know, I'm all about action. Like we can talk and we can learn and we can listen and we can discuss concepts. And Linda just shared a supremely powerful exercise that none of us are above. Okay. So if you're, if you're making the the mistake of going, oh, well, I don't have to do that. Okay. That's keeping you stuck. And I just want to shine a little light on that. Like nobody is above that. I'm sitting here doing it and getting value from it. You can too. And if you, if you don't like check the ego and, and take the action to actually do the exercise and then come up with those three action steps. And then if you don't have a planner, get a best planner ever. And, and that's why the A's right are on every single day. Like those are your A tasks are those three action steps that you come up with And that's where your result's going to come from. It's going to come from the action. It's great that you're listening to the podcast. It's great that you understand the exercise. But if you don't actually write down your action steps and then do them, you're never going to get the result. There you go. A little bit of tough love to end the to end our session today, Linda. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually yesterday I I did that future self visualization on myself. I was like I was yeah. back and I I actually was okay do it. And I, it was, I'm like, Oh, this really works. <laughs> it does. Right. <laughs> it really does. Oh, it's so funny when we do our own stuff. A couple of years ago, I was feeling a ton of overwhelm. It was the beginning of a new year. And my husband was like, well, why don't you just do your brain dump exercise? And I was like, Oh, I got schooled by my husband. He's like, why don't you do your own exercise? And I'm like, you're right. I, I haven't done my own exercise and I did, and it was all fine. Right. But I love that you did your own exercise. That's fantastic. Yeah. Coaches always need coaches. We do. We always need coaches. We are not um, immune to that. Or just because we're a coach doesn't mean we don't need coaching because everybody needs help, like getting out of their own way, getting out of their own head and getting that, that perspective that only another person, another qualified person can give us. Absolutely. Linda, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you sharing the exercise. When we talked about it last week, I was like, oh, I got to have you on the show. You got to share that with everybody because they're going to get so much value from it. And I hope you guys do. Linda, um, tell everybody 
if you're sitting there going, gee, maybe I need to hire a coach. Linda, tell everybody where they can find you. I am easy to find because I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all as my name, Linda Drozdowich. So it's L-I-N-D-A-D-R-O-S-D-O-W-E-C-H. And my website is the same, lindadrozdowich.com. So I'm easy to find. Come and hang out with me. Follow me on Instagram. Send me a direct message. I'm available and I'd love to talk. I'd love to hear what other people have brought back from the future. That's always the, the most fun. Like, what'd you bring back? Oh, oh, I love that so much. Linda, thank you so much for being here today. I so appreciate it. And thank you for sharing so much value with our audience because I too would love to hear what they come back with. So you guys on the show, on the show page, you'll have to put some notes in there and tell us um, both what you came back and what you brought back from the future. I love it. I love it. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. This was so much fun. You are so welcome, Linda. Thank you for being here and everybody get out there and have a happy, productive day. Bye now. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. the She Leads Podcast Network.